Hey, everybody. Welcome back to this week's Millionaire Marriage podcast episode where we are going to jump in and talk about tips for overcoming relational gridlock. Insert crash sound, traffic sounds, gridlock right right here. So you know what gridlock is if you've ever been through... any major city traffic, I would say our town's traffic, but we have like seven red lights. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. honestly, rush hour, you sit through it once. Yeah, rush hour is a truck, a dog, and a car. Yes, basically. Yeah. So have you ever been like in a real city where they actually have traffic gridlock in Chicago a few years ago and it's like, you know, 47 lanes across <laughs> and three hours out of the city with that, still with that many lanes? And so, yes, your relationship, you hit gridlock, beep, beep. Here we go. Tips on how to get out of that gridlock. So yeah, if you're finding yourself in the middle of relational gridlock, you could be in an endless argument. You could be at each other's throat constantly. It's times of tension and frustration. So I want to give you guys, we're going to give you guys some tips today. These are in no specific order, except for maybe the last two. We're going to give you guys some tips on overcoming relational gridlock. The first one, and I'm just right out the gate. Here it goes. Remember that your defiance is not a sign of emotional maturity. Just because you're defiant doesn't mean you're emotionally mature. But, you know, Taylor, I do have three kids, as we've so, you know, aptly noted on the podcast. Have, yes, you have three, not two. I have three, not yes. two. You know who's really good at being defiant? Children. Oh, yeah. Yeah, my four-year-old, super defiant. Yeah. Yeah. So, because I think people get this in their mind when they're in a relationship. They're like, oh, yeah, no, I'm going to stand my ground. They ain't going to tell me what to do. That's not a sign of emotional maturity. All that is a sign that you can be defiant like anyone else. It's not an indication that you are smarter or better or have a higher EQ than your spouse. In fact, it actually might be a sign of the exact opposite, right? Because any anybody can be defiant. Anyone can get their emotions charged where they stop trying to create a win-win scenario between them and their spouse, which I'm not trying to get too far ahead, but that one's coming. But that's a huge thing. When you're in gridlock, because you can sit there and, and, you know, sit on your high horse and go, no, this is their fault. I'm not moving. I'm not going to budge. I'm not going to say I'm sorry first. They have to. They're the ones that got us into this. Why should I say I'm sorry? That's exactly right. That is exactly right. Yeah, no, this is their fault. It's because of their stupidity that we're in this situation, not mine. So just because you are defiant with your spouse doesn't mean you're more emotionally mature doesn't mean that you're smarter than them or better than them. All it means is that you have the ability. I'm, you know, I'm not trying to sound super negative, but just that you have the ability to act like a child. Definitely. Definitely. It reminds me of the song. So there's a song, an old country song back when we were like high schoolers. I say we. Yeah. <laughs> I know I'm the old one in the podcast here, but it was an old Montgomery Gentry song where I said she she couldn't change me. Right. Yeah. And for whatever reason, I don't ever listen to the radio and I'm yeah. skimming through the stations and this song came on. I was like, oh, barf. Right. Like, <laughs> come on, bro. Come on. That is like yeah. not cool at all. Yeah. Um, and so knowing you know, this podcast here, it's like, hey, yeah, that's not, I'm not saying that's a good trait. Right. It's not a good trait that you, you can't be changed or that you won't budge an inch. It's a bad trait. It's a horrible trait. Because what it shows is that you have to get your way at all costs. Yeah. And again, I'm not going to keep saying, I keep saying, I'm not going to keep saying, I said this before and I keep saying that. <laughs> if you if you create a scenario where you have to win, that inevitably means your spouse has to lose. 
So if you're, if you, this is you, right? And there are some people that are more defiant than others. If this is you, just stop, reevaluate yourself and go, okay, you know what? I could say I'm sorry first, or I don't have to have it exactly my way. I'm going to calm down and not act like my five-year-old. So the second tip, here we go. The second tip for overcoming relational gridlock is identify people that you have confided in that you should not have. Ooh, hashtag work spouse. Yeah, go back and listen to that episode. Hashtag parents, hashtag, yeah. Yeah, yeah. identify people that you have had, that you've confided in that you shouldn't have. And I want to be clear, right? There are some people that it's okay to talk to. It's okay to talk to mentors. It's okay to talk to pastors. It's okay to talk to therapists. What's not okay is when you go confide in someone you know is your ally, meaning you already know before you pick the phone up, they're going to agree with you. And all that does is complicate the problem even further because then you're going, oh my goodness, I cannot believe my spouse did this. And they're going, you know, you're exactly right. I can't believe they did that either. And then not only now do you have a problem with your spouse, so do they. Yeah. So if you've been confiding in somebody, if you've been calling your best friend just to complain about your spouse or the situation or the argument you guys are in, stop it. It's not helping the situation. It's hurting you. It's hurting your spouse and it's hurting your marriage. You know, Jesus talked about this and this is what's amazing, right? So we have therapy principles that are unbeknownst to these guys who created them biblically based. Oh yeah. Jesus said, if you have an issue with your brother, go to your brother. If you have an issue with your spouse, go to your spouse. Don't go to everyone else but your spouse. And again, I want to be clear because I think people misunderstand this. It's not to say you can't talk to somebody. As long as that person you're talking to will talk to the both of you objectively. Now that's the key. Yeah. Is if you so if you have a you know your pastor or pastor's wife you talk to or your or a a mentor couple that you look up to, you go, man, I really they have a great marriage. Let's go talk with them and see how we could overcome this gridlock. But get with somebody that is going to be objective that can look at you and go, you know what? You're acting like an idiot. Not maybe not quite that strong, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Well, maybe you don't know what I mean. <laughs> now my friends would just tell me. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, if you've confided in somebody that you shouldn't have, stop. Because it's not helping your marriage. It's not making the situation better. It's making it far worse. Yeah. Identify who those people are. It reminds me, so this is a story I'm gonna tell, and it's not a one that makes me look really great, but it's it really it's funny, right? It's one that my sister in law loves to tell everybody. So if you know my brother Chad and my sister in law Melissa, they've been together for a long time. I mean, even when I was a teenager. And there was a time that me and Chad were going to this baseball field or something in Nacogdoches, and we got there, and Melissa was there. She was meeting us to, you know, I don't know, hang out or watch or whatever else. And I'm not paying attention to their conversation at all, right, at all. And all of a sudden, Melissa says, hey, Taylor, did Chad read that on the way here, right? And I, for whatever reason, thought she said run, run. And so I'm like, yeah, he ran all the way here. He was behind the car, and he was just running. And she was like, you little liar, right? Like, because I had his back no matter what, right? I'm, I'm the little brother. He's the older brother. And so as you were talking about, you know, you reach out to people who automatically, you know, they're going to take your side. Yeah. Right. And so it's a really good lesson to say, hey, who are you confiding in that you shouldn't? Who are those people? And if you haven't listened to the work spouse episode, go back and listen to it, right? Go back and listen to a work husband, work wife, because 
that tends to be our number one person we go to, right? Or a lot of people do if you're in that type of environment. So identify those people are and stop doing that. Yeah. I think that's... It's not healthy for your marriage. It's not healthy. It's not healthy at all. And it's going to... It's just going to further lead to relational gridlock because you're going to feel better. And that's the so that's the odd thing about confiding in someone is for even if it's just for a moment, your tension gets eased because you're word vomiting on somebody. Yeah. So instead of doing that, just stop it. Yeah. We've had I remember there was a time Megan and I were were working through some stuff and somebody told us like, hey, listen, whatever you're gonna tell them, just go write it and then give it to Meg. Yeah. Right, like yeah, like hey, there you go. Easy, right? Easy enough. But yeah, go confide in the person that you actually have the problem with. Right. Go actually talk to her. Because if not, you're not going to get out of that gridlock. Yeah. You're not. Meaning your spouse. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, meaning your spouse. If you're just jumping in the middle of the episode, yes, meaning your spouse. Yeah. So third tip. Number three, determine if this is an emotional or moral objection to your spouse's position. There's a big difference there. There's a huge difference. If this is a moral objection, there's a reason then why you should stay in gridlock, right? Because if your spouse is going, let's watch porn together. No, that's not okay. It's not okay for you to do it. And it most certainly is not okay for us. to. Now that's an extreme example. But what you have to do is identify, is this a moral objection? Meaning, do I feel like this is a right or a wrong issue? Is this going to be, is this going to be wrong for me? Not just a, it's not just a matter of preference. But is this truly something that I cannot do? It's moral to me, just like it, like a, adultery is a moral issue, things like that. So is what is happening with me and my spouse, am I just having a, a strong emotional response or is this a true moral issue that I just can't overcome? I can't work through. And so you have a couple of examples, right? When you look at, is this a moral or emotional issue? Meaning, is your spouse asking you to do something? Now, it doesn't have to be as extreme as what I just said. Is your spouse asking you to do something because they feel so strong about something that for them, if you did X, Y, or Z, whatever that is, that for them, they would feel like that's wrong for the marriage. And you're going, I mean, I don't see that big of an issue with it, but I, if, I guess if it's a big deal to you, it should be a big deal to me. But then also, you need to determine am I just having an emotional reaction because I'm triggered for whatever reason it may be? So you have to sit there and identify that. And this is really challenging because sometimes your emotions can feel like they're moral objections oh, yeah. when it's really not a moral issue. But for whatever reason, you've gotten to this place where you're going, man, I've just become so emotionally, uh, I become em emotionally triggered by this. I'm having some emotional reaction but it's not a moral reaction. Yeah, and that's something, that's a very personal thing that everybody really has to look at, right? It's not saying, oh, well, my friend is okay with it or not okay. And it's really me. What do it? you know, some of my family of origin, right? We talk about family origin yeah. a lot or how I was raised and why do I feel this way? Is it truly a moral issue or is it an emotional thing? Because decisions we make and decisions your spouse make are definitely gonna trigger emotional things sometimes. Sure. And especially can cause a good luck. No, we're not doing that. Yeah, absolutely. We are not ever going to do that. Like, well, why? Yeah. Well, why? Yeah. I don't want to. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Well, okay. Like, okay. Four year old. Let's become adults now. Let's right. use our words. Right. You know, let's use our words. <laughs> what is an emotional or is it immoral? I love this thing yeah. here. And it's really looking yourself in the mirror and say, hey, why do I feel this way about X? That's exactly right. And be able to communicate that to your spouse. Yeah. So 
I think what you just hit on was a good point. If you don't have a reason why, it might not be moral. Meaning if you can't think of a reason that's like, if you're just saying because I don't want to, come up, if it's a legit valid reason, open up to your spouse and talk about it. Yeah. So determine if this is a moral or an emotional issue. This will help you overcome relational gridlock. Number four, when your spouse speaks, truly listen and seek understanding first, then to be understood second. So when you're in, when you're in gridlock, you often find yourself repeating yourself. You'll find yourself repeating yourself louder. You think in, you think that if I keep telling my spouse the same thing, they're just going to magically get it. Oh, you've been saying the same thing for the last 10 minutes. Now I finally understand. It's like when people speak louder to people that don't speak the same language. Yeah, like that's... It's like, I don't... Oh, man. I just don't think that's going to solve the problem. That, that, that doesn't help. <laughs> no, not at all. So it's the idea, though, that what happens when we get in a relational gridlock is we often get emotionally and psychologically flooded, and that just causes us to be a terrible listener and a terrible communicator with our spouse. So if you truly want to work through the challenges you're having with your spouse, stop and truly listen to them seek understanding and then to be understood. Meaning when they are speaking to you, don't be formulating your next response. Don't latch on to the first sentence and already be formulating and you've missed the entire paragraph of what they're trying to tell you. But this happens so regularly when couples are in emotional gridlock, relational gridlock, because they want things to be their way and they're stuck and so they just, well, I'm just going to keep, I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. I'm going to keep saying what I'm saying. I'm not going to really seek understanding. Yeah. Maybe if I use some synonyms, yeah. it'll get through. <laughs> yeah. Right. If I say it for the 12th time, it'll get through. Right. Yeah. No, truly. Like, and I think that's a problem we all have. I say all, all not everyone, but most people have. Uh, when somebody's talking, we're not listening. We're not really listening. You know, in, in college, we've done exercises before where, you know, the professor would say something and we would have to go back and like, all right, did we actually know what he said? Yep. Or were we thinking of our response. And I've seen some, there's actually a, a study somebody did, another professor, where he gave all of his students tests and was like, hey, listen, very first thing, read the instructions, right? Then get started on the exam, right? But make sure you read the instructions. And the instruction said, don't do the test. Right, the instructions were, just skip to the end, sign your name, wait 10 minutes and turn it in. But 99% of the class went through and started answering questions. It was like, hey, you failed because you weren't listening. I'm truly listening yep. and trying to understand what is trying to be communicated. Why are you feeling that way? Yep. Why are you, what are you trying to get through to me? Yeah. So. I think a good way to do this is there's a thing we practice in therapy called reflective listening. Now this isn't to sound like poly parrot where you're just mimicking your spouse, right? That's not what I'm talking about. Yeah. What I am saying though, is if you have to summarize what your spouse is saying so that you know, you've understood them then summarize it. And this can be challenging, especially when you're in like a heated learning opportunity. Yes. When you're in conflict and you say, okay, so just so I make sure I understood you, this is what you're saying and this is your position. Is that correct? At times that can sound a little demeaning, but if you do it correctly with the right spirit from the best in you, just saying, I want to make sure that I am understanding where you are. Did I hear you correctly? Is, does, is that what I'm understanding to be true? 
And all you're doing is you're trying to show them and illustrate to them that I am paying attention to what you're saying. I'm not just formulating my own response, but I truly am seeking understanding. And if I've missed something or I've misinterpreted something, give me the opportunity to go back and change it. And that's where this principle comes in. Because what happens again when we're in gridlock, we often also hear what we want to hear. I cannot tell you, it's hilarious when I'm in situations and the emotions run high and then we'll leave. And this is not with my spouse, just in general. And people say, well, you said this in that meeting. I didn't say that. Like, I'm positive. I've never said that before. Now you may have missed You may have interpreted what I said as that, right? Because our emotions are high. The same thing happens with your spouse. Yeah. You say something and they can receive it one way because they're also, they're listening to the words you're saying. They're listening to how you're saying it. They're also identifying your posture. They're identifying your body language. And so all of this goes into the communication of the conversation. And so when you are considering that an emotional gridlock, how am I saying what I'm saying? Is what I'm saying being misinterpreted by how I'm acting? And it gives me the opportunity then to do something different. And then once I've understood them, once I know that I understand their position, where they are, at that point then, I can hopefully get my point across in a way that is non-conflictual that will help them understand where I am. And it's amazing, right? When you put yourself in other people's positions, it does allow you to see things differently, but you hope that they'll put themselves in your shoes. Like I was listening, not listening, I was in a conversation recently and the person I was talking to said, listen, I really hope you see things from my perspective. And they, so they started, you know, telling me why they were doing what they're doing. And I'm listening. I said, okay, I understand. And if I were in your position, what you're telling me makes perfect sense. It really does considering where you are at this. I said, but I want you to see things from my perspective. And so I gave them my entire side of this thing we were working through. And that's what you hope to happen when you're in relational gridlock with your spouse. Really put yourself in their shoes. And here's another challenge I want to give you this week. Why don't you ask yourself? So put yourself in your shoes, but really put yourself in your spouse's shoes. Why don't you ask yourself, what is it like for my spouse to be married to me? How are, what's their experience of this marriage? Because if you can really ask yourself, now this is a good practice to have when you're in relational gridlock, but also not. What is it like for them to be married to me? Because if I were married to someone like me, what would I want to have happen? Would I be happy? Would I be comfortable sharing what's going on in my inner world? Would I be comfortable being vulnerable? Because it, if you answer no to any of those, it's really time to take a good look in the mirror and say, I need to do things differently so that I can truly know what's going through my spouse's brain because I'm processing what it's like for them to be with me. That's a really tough exercise. Yeah, that's a tough exercise. It's not comfortable. Yeah. But it's so valuable to, I mean, to help with this tip, but just to have a healthy, happy marriage in general. That's a good one. Yeah. Number five. Next one. 
Unless you, you, you have anything you want to add there. <laughs> nope. Okay. Nope. <laughs> Number five. Uh, and the, these last two are going to be super practical. Number five, identify your part of the problem. Identify your part of the problem. Yep. What are you bringing to the table that's causing the issue? Yep. Now, this could be a lot of reasons. And while the tip is simple, the implications are not. So and when I say identify your part of the problem, not just what are you doing wrong, but there are behaviors that you are bringing into the issue that are further complicating it. And here's what I mean by that. So you can identify, right? If anyone with just like an ounce of some self-reflectivity can go, okay, like that was really stupid. I shouldn't have said that. But here's what I want you to get at. And this is the therapist coming out. Why did you do that? Why did you have that response that further exacerbated the problem? Why, instead of coming to some type of compromise, you chose to dig your heels in even further? And that's why this tip, it can go a lot further than just going, okay, like, yeah, I, what I said was stupid. It was rude. I wasn't considering your feelings. I wasn't considering your position. But what I want to know is why did you do that in the first place? Yeah. Where that, where that feeling come from? Yeah, that's exactly where those words come from. Is it something that happened earlier in life? Is it pride? Is it something else? Right. And so I think this can, this is a really great tip and it really just practice some self, some self reflectivity, right? Look in the mirror. So the immediate benefit of this is it helps with helps working through the relational gridlock. It helps work through that specific challenge, but the long-term benefit of this, and this is, this will be something I want to encourage all of our listeners to do when the heated argument is over when the relational gridlock has come to an end, process it with your spouse. Work through, okay, what happened that led us to this argument? Me and Erica do this after most of our arguments, like if they're pretty major. Okay, what led us to this point? How did we get here? What, were the, what was the emotion behind these? Why was this our responses to them? And so that we can hopefully the next time something like that happens, not do that again. And this tip can really help with that if you really stop and not just try to process what you did, but try to process the reason why you did what you did so that you can do something different. I tell people this all the time in my therapy practice. Just knowing why, though, doesn't solve anything. It can help. It can help with understanding. Okay, I know this is why this was my initial response, but just seeing doesn't fix anything, right? Like I got up this morning, looked in the mirror. I was like, man, I need to shave. I need to do my hair. I need to brush my teeth. I got sleep in my eyes, but I can walk away and do nothing about what I just saw. I see there are problems. Like I know they're there, but I can choose to do nothing about it. And that's what I'm saying. So just seeing is helpful and going, okay, yeah, there's some issues here. But just seeing doesn't fix anything. You actually have to do something about what you see. And so when it comes to identifying your part of the problem, identify what you've done, why you've done it, and do something about why you've done what you've done. If that means if that means really digging deep into who you are so that you can hopefully be better next time, then do that. Overcome this. Work through it. But really stop and try to take a good look at yourself.
Yeah, I've been on a journey this year, I guess, with that, a lot of that, of reflecting, hey, why have I made the decisions that have led us to where we are today? Right, good and bad. And, you know, through some therapy sessions, there's some really awesome exercises that you can do that will help you learn more about yourself, right? And so I encourage you, if you're trying to figure out, hey, like, I don't understand how to identify this. Yeah. There's tons of therapy exercises that you can do that can help you identify it. Absolutely. Uh, speaking with someone, and then there's tons that are online that Absolutely. you can use. And then obviously do something about it. Now, I don't know why you had to use the example of like sleep in my eye and hair not fixed and thing while looking at me. I felt that. I felt that this morning when you're like, no, we're not turning the cameras on or not on you. So that's cool, though. That's cool. I understand. You know, I appreciate it. <laughs> so we're going to go to the, the last tip, yeah. the sixth tip. Last uh, one. Number yes. six, create a win-win. Win-win. That just means learn to compromise. Yes. Create a scenario where you and your spouse can come out ahead. Not where just you get to come out of head, come out ahead. I'm going to say something I say all Good. the time on here. Yeah. I don't want to be married to a loser. That's exactly right. Right. Like <laughs> I don't want to be married to a loser. <laughs> make a that. win-win for both of yeah, you. That's exactly yes, right. Make a win-win for both of you. Make a win-win. Learn to compromise. And this obviously sounds easy, but when you're in the middle of you know heated conflict, it's a little bit more challenging than that. But create a win-win scenario where you and your spouse come out of head, come out ahead. That means that you're going to have to give a little bit. So it kind of goes back to that first principle. Just because you're defined doesn't mean you're emotionally mature. Rather the opposite. So learn how to create scenarios in your relationship, in your heated conflicts, where you both come out ahead, where there is give and take on both parts. Again, as long as it's not a moral issue. If it's a moral issue, like a true moral issue, there really is no compromise. And you may need to seek some help. But if, if it's just an emotional objection, okay, well, I don't really like Taco Bell and here's my reasons why, but I'll, that's obviously a silly example. But create a win-win scenario yeah. where you and your spouse both get to come out ahead. Yep. You're on the same team, right? Be winners together. Compromise, lay some things aside. Say, hey, maybe it's not that important. We actually had a discussion about this in the Newlywed class a few weeks ago. And somebody was, well, one of the women were like, I don't understand why my husband is so obsessed with whatever I decorate with. Right. Like I'm the one at home all day with it. Like I'm seeing it. I don't understand why he has such an emotional attachment That's to hilarious. this picture or not putting a picture yeah. on the wall or whatever. Hey, maybe it's time to sit back and say, Hey, all right, how can I make a win-win situation? That's how hilarious. can I compromise? Yeah. yeah. It was surprising. A lot of guys had emotional, yeah. I say emotional attachments, yeah. really wanted a voice heard on how the house was decorated and uh, hey, more power to them. But yeah. Create a win-win. Yeah. Hey, but thank you guys so much for being with us this week. If you're not following us on social media, do it. Do us a big favor. Go leave us a review on all of your favorite podcast stations. We actually had a new listener ran into me the other day in town, said, hey, I listened to every episode this week. Like, I found you guys, and I listened to every single episode. And I was like, hey, great, man. I really appreciate that. Go show some love. Share it with somebody else. And we'll see you next week. 